0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub One Hundred.
0: Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first.
1: Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Aiton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language.
0: Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast. Happy New Year from myself and Ben. This is the first podcast of 2022 another year of Voices of the Vic. Unfortunately for you guys you have to uh, listen to to me drone on about Watford FC and uh, it's been a while since we've we've um, We've put a podcast out. The last podcast being the Christmas special episode, which come out on the twenty third of December. We're now on the third of January. Uh, load of postponements with COVID and everything, but there has been two games since we've, uh, since, you know, since the the, rec- the recording uh, that we're going to, you know, touch upon. And there's been lots of transfer moves as well because the transfer window is now officially open. And then there's been a, a small matter of us. Sort of getting in the heads of African nations, so I'm sure we'll talk about that. But uh, as always, as you can see here to talk to me about it, is Ben Ben. It's been a while. Uh, happy new, happy new year, mate. How's uh, how's everything for you been? Uh, good Christmas, good new year? Everything started yeah.
1: well? Yeah, I think it's been good, been a good Christmas. Um, Isla was a good girl for Christmas, I was dreading the build up um course, having a little one at Christmas is a bit stressful nowadays um so she was actually really good and she's understanding Christmas a little bit more which is lovely and then yeah New Year's was good um went to a Vic Saturday to watch Watford play which was nice to get back to watching football as well um because I, I missed the West Ham game because I had to wait for a PCR test as well um but luckily that came out negative um uh, but yeah I've been all good how have you been obviously you you actually um tested positive for COVID over Christmas didn't you
0: yeah, so I've avoided it well, I avoided it for two years, COVID. Um was very, very lucky to do so, especially with the job that I'm in, you know. I thought I'd have caught it sooner. And um yeah, my my mum got married well, cross not last Tuesday, the twenty first of December. Um went to a wedding, woke up Wednesday morning and I thought I thought it was just a bad hangover. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought Sorry, it still isn't right. So I did a um, lateral flow test and yeah, it was negative, uh, positive, sorry. Um, And then I also did a PCR test, which came back positive as well. So I got out of isolation um, a few days before the day 10 rule. But that meant that I had to spend Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, Boxing Day in my room. Um, I thought, on Boxing Day, I thought, you know what, not a problem. I can watch a Watford game on my laptop and then it goes and gets called off the Boxing Day one against Wolves. Probably a blessing in disguise, to be honest. But, um, yeah, good to be back out of isolation and feeling much better. It's it's not nice. And, you know, I've had two of the jabs. I haven't had the booster yet, but I dread to think how bad I would have felt if I hadn't had the jabs at all. Um, So, yeah, if... uh, if anyone's struggling with it and, you know, struggling with isolation, our DMs are always open. Um, you know, it's not nice at all. So, but yeah, luckily I'm back full health now. Um, and yeah, um, glad that football's back. I, I'm not sure, you know, we we played West Ham, Ben. We, we might as well just quickly talk about that because we've got lots to pack into the show. So uh, I don't want to get caught up too much on particular topics, but um. First game back since... uh, What game was it now? Um, Brentford away. Brentford away, yeah. And we all know how that ended. So, first game back since Brentford away. We just want to see a reaction. We did find out in the week, in the build-up to it, that they'd only trained once since the Brentford game, uh, which was quite a while ago in terms of game weeks. So, there was a little bit of worry. um, And the game he's played out and we started well you know Dennis sat down Craig Dawson beautiful goal but from then to me we sat back on that 1-0 lead which he cannot do whether that was a you know outcome of only training once whether the match fitness wasn't there whatever but we just played into West Ham's hands and it, it was it was shambolic for me Ben I, would you agree with that
1: yeah, well, it, it looked like a team that only trained once in 13 days. It looked like a team that players were recovering from COVID. Um, players were having niggly injuries as well. Um, it looked like we weren't at 100% and we can't slag off the performance too much knowing what they've just had to go through as well. Um, West Ham, obviously, were playing games. So their fitness levels were high whereas Watford's were low. So it was a bit of a non-starter. Obviously, we started the game really strongly and a fantastic finish for Emmanuel Dennis to sit Craig Dawson down. But yeah, after that, uh, West Ham um, put the pressure on. They hit the crossbar just before they scored as well. So it could have been a lot worse. Um, They had a disallowed goal as well. Um, It could have been 6-1, really. Um, But luckily, it only ended 4-1. Just a poor... Disappointing performance and poor performance. Uh, you can't help but feel sorry for Claudio Ranieri and the squad. COVID has definitely made football a lot tougher now, um, especially around these winter months. And I think maybe the Premier League, if COVID is to stick around, they need to maybe look at a winter break because uh, we can't keep having postponements every every year. Um, we've had two free games affected. Other teams have had the same, By like Burnley, um, Norwich have uh games postponed. Newcastle have now got a game postponed as well. So um, maybe they might have to look at a winter break because we can't continue this. Um, it's just going to benefit the teams with larger squads.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, um, I, I dread to think, you know, if if we if even the games that went ahead recently were postponed as well, we would have really been under the cush, you know. Yeah, we might look back on it and we might be like, oh, we've got these games in hand over so many people. But they, the only way they're going to cram them in is you're going to have to be playing every couple of days. I've seen yeah. recently in uh, on social media, the EFL have just started rescheduling their ones. So I think it come up on my timeline. Yeah. Birmingham City... I'm sure they've got a game they've got five games and it's like they're two days apart between it each... they might not be exactly two days apart but they're very very like close Tuesday, together
1: Tuesday Thursday Saturday is that, I that's think what so. it ends up being like so and you, you know you, you get more injuries that way as well
0: and a team a team in our position is going to struggle anyway um but to have that relentless run of games um mm. you know it's it's going to be really unfair but one thing I will say, if we do manage to stay up, that will be a bigger achievement than any Premier League season we've been in because the relentlessness of it all, the postponements and everything else, COVID, everything. Um, so, yeah, the, the West Ham game didn't quite go to plan. Obviously, we knew West Ham weren't in the best of form going into the game themselves, but, you know, Watford are a bit like a charity sometimes. We like to uh, help out those teams that are struggling.
1: But, one, one of the positives that came out of the West Ham game was Serie returned, got 90 yeah. minutes under his belt. Uh, I know he could have done better for the fourth goal where Boeing went in too easily, in my opinion. Um, but apart from that, I really enjoyed his um, one-to-one marking with Antonio. Uh, I love that old little school. shove in the back again. It's old I, school. I, I love it. Yeah, it's brilliant. You don't get to see it nowadays. I think... I think refs are going to be a bit more clued up on what Serie is going to be doing each week. So he needs to maybe watch what he's doing a little bit. But I loved how he barged Antonio. Antonio went into another player and we won a free kick. I mean, Antonio and the West Ham players, they just lost their heads. And it was like, what are you doing? But I loved it, mate. It was, it, it was like you say, old school, um, old school defending. I absolutely loved it.
0: I loved how Antonio put I I don't know if you saw this, Ben. I don't know if anyone yeah. listening or watching. He put, like, a six-second video clip-up of yeah. him and um, Sierra Elta grappling. And I can't remember what the headline was on the,
1: the video, the it caption, was, but it was... It was, it, it was a wrestling quote, wasn't it? It was um, He yeah. was trying to... He was in, um, impersonating John Cena um, doing yeah, one of his I'm body like, um, But I'm like, mate, you've got bullies
0: all game. Like... Jared Bowen and side Ben-Rama, for me, ran the show for, for West Ham. Jared Bowen is yeah. some player. Uh, he mm-hmm. surely won't be long till he's called up for uh, for England. But um, Antonio was was quiet, I thought, all game. Sierra Elta did well. But, yeah, yeah not, not the result we wanted for the first game back. But as you say, you know, I was fuming at the time. I think I put a tweet out on my personal account. But looking back on it, you do have to think. Well, you know, as you've said, Ben, we had one training session in what thirteen days. That can't be good for anyone, um, and you know, not the result we wanted. Fast forward then to New Year's Day, um, and the we we have Tottenham now. Tottenham are really hit and miss. Like Antonio Conte's come into the club, and I think he's got the record uh, for the he's been the longest unbeaten new manager of Spurs. Manager. Yeah. So, um, he's scraped results and that, but he's getting the results and I think they're one or two points behind um, the top five. I think they're chasing West Ham and Arsenal. Uh, so, they're, they're still in the race for top four and, you know, he's, he's done well to, to working with what he's got. But, you never, never know with Tottenham. You know, they, they they played Southampton, I think, the game before us and Southampton had 10 men for the large majority of the game. And yet they held Tottenham to a one all draw. So Tottenham are very hit and miss. And yes, it's Tottenham. And I'll be honest, you know, I was thinking, you know, let's just try and keep the score down. But somewhere in the back of your mind, because it's Tottenham and how they are, that little part of me was thinking hang on a minute, we could get something here. You know, we, we tend to do well against the bigger clubs. Look at how we played against Chelsea. We 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 was respectable against Man City. We thrashed Man United. So, and I thought we were half decent against Arsenal as well. But, um, well, defensively, anyway, going forward, we we didn't have a cat in chance. But, um, so I thought, you know, maybe, just maybe, we can get something Um It was fair to say that first half, Ben. I managed to find a stream for the game, so luckily or unluckily, however, way you look at it, I managed to watch the whole game. That first half was pretty much attack versus defense, like we were just sitting back, letting Tottenham, you know, move on to us and attack us. But you know what? And again, I was frustrated in the first half because I wanted to see more. But the more I look at it, it was actually. Quite a good defensive performance from us in that first half. Well, for the whole game, other than the 96th minute, I thought we were solid. Yeah, Tottenham were coming forwards, they were getting the crosses in, they were playing these balls and everything else. But I thought defensively, we were absolutely solid in that first half. Is is that something you'd agree with?
1: Yeah, I think we limited Spurs to shots outside the box. I think our shape was much better um we were playing like more of a four four two weren't we? But when we was defending, which was pretty much the whole entire game, that four ended up being a six where you'd see Semmer and Kushka coming in, and um Kafkar and uh Messina was being a bit more central. um It looked like the game plan for Watford was just to sit deep, make it difficult for spurs, don't let them get in behind, and let them shoot from distance Because obviously, like you've just alluded to, they kind of struggled against ten man Southampton the other day. They couldn't really get opportunities in that game as well. So I think what the Watford scouts have seen that, and it was like, right, let's try and flood that middle of the pitch. Just not let them get in behind and just keep the shape. And yeah, really good defensively um, performance first half. I thought Kushka over on the right-hand side was, was brilliant. I thought that was much better performance by Kushka in that first half. Um, getting stuck in, he was winning a lot of balls. Um, Messina was frustrating me, though. I thought he gave Emerson... Emerson Royal, a lot of room over on that um, left-hand side. Um, but, but maybe that was a tactic because we saw how poor his crossing was. It was like, you, you have a ball, you cross it in, we've got Sirioita and Truce, we'll just head clear. Um yeah. must say, Truce Econ looked a lot more comfortable at the back with Sirioita next to him. And this is what we've said before. In the Championship we had the best defence and two was at the heart of it. I think Truce needed his mate back and he's got to back now and they looked a lot more comfortable and there was command in Syria. So it's just his presence, isn't it? He wins everything in the year and they, they play together quite tight as well. Um, so yeah, really impressed with that first half performance. We had a couple of opportunities in the first half as well. I think King set uh, Dennis away. He got to the box, cut back and then his shot was very tame and just like rolled into Luis's arms. And then Ken Semmer had a shot from just outside the box as well, but it was comfortable for Luis. But it was a much different different performance to what we've seen against a bigger side. Um, like you say, normally against bigger sides at Vickers Drove, we're up for it and we've probably performed really well against them, especially against Chelsea. We outperformed them and we was unlucky not to get three points that day, but it was a different performance from Watford. It was more, let's keep a clean sheet. Let's be defensively solid. Uh, if we keep a clean sheet, at least we get a point out of the game. Um, that's what my thoughts were going into the game. Well, I mean, when, when I, after,
0: after the first half, you know, when the whistle had gone for half time, yeah, was frustrated because we were letting them just, you know, come on to us. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was perhaps thinking, well, actually, we carry on how we're doing. Defensively, we looked quite stum, you know, as you perfectly picked up there, dare I say it, but Trooster Kong actually looked more comfortable with CRL next to him and You know, whether that is a sign of he feels more comfortable there, uh, whether he's just trying to impress, you know, he's been obviously named in the Nigeria squad for Afghan. And I think he's been named the captain as well. I know, I think he's captain anyway, but I think for tournaments, he's still... Name your captain, and obviously, with a new coach coming in, he could have very easily changed the captain for Nigeria. So, whether he's just wanting to impress and you know go into it in, in a bit of run of form, I don't know. But he was much better, as you've said, uh, and I completely agree. Um, it was frustrating, but I thought, you know what, the we, we, we really limited Tottenham, like. It was frustrating. Adam Messina was very lucky not to give away a penalty in the first half, I thought. He was grappling onto Kane, and I thought he um, I thought he actually, if Kane had gone down, uh, he was a bit too honest. And I, I like that, you know, I love it when players are honest, they stand on their feet. But if Kane had gone down, I think they would have very easily had a penalty. VAR did look at it anyway, but I think the reason they don't
1: give it is because he stays on his feet. Um, I think he we was lucky not to give away two pens in that first half. Um, the grappling on... The, the other on one from Harry the pre-kick. Stoyer. Yeah, um, just before half-time, and then Trucy come running into the back of Harry Kane, um, and Kane going down in the penalty box as well. I, I looked at the guy next to me, I was like, what the fuck is he doing? It's uh, like, come on, and Benny, the guy I was sitting next to, him, he was like, he, he's the same as Cavaselli. Like, he's got that yeah. one moment in the game where his concentration levels go and he's, he he's does something rash out of completely nothing. And it's like, why are you losing your head? Come on, just stay calm. And it's like, I I was surprised the penalty wasn't given to that because I thought that was a pen all day long. Yeah,
0: you mentioned Cabocelli there. Some interesting news about Cabocelli coming up in the podcast. So, um, yeah. Um, But yeah, I I thought defensively, you know, going into that second half, I thought, you know, maybe just maybe if we can keep tight like we are at the back, um, you never know what might happen. We might be able to hit them on the counter. You know, that the 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 pace that we got up front, the players that we got up front, you know, absolutely, we can maybe do something. And then at halftime, you know, thinking, Christ, you know, we're on for a first clean sheet of the season. Problem is, you know, we've watched Watford all of our lives. So you know that it's never going to be as easy as that. I was watching it and I was like, oh, my God. You know, I had to turn my notifications off for my phone for like Twitter, messages, uh, WhatsApp, because I was watching a stream I was behind. So I didn't want anything coming up. And I just thought, the longer the game went on, as you always do as a Watford fan, you're just thinking it's it's gonna be a matter of when, not if they score. Second half, Josh King, brilliant, brilliant chance. And what a save from Larice as well. Yeah, I, I think I saw a Tottenham fan tweet it and he's spot on. If that's Aaron Ramsdale, um, then that's getting up, that's getting shown on Sky Sports every day, like his free kick save against Leicester, brilliant save. But that was a superb save from Lurice. Ben. being there you must have thought that was in surely
1: yeah well you know where i sit i sit right behind that uh, and it looked like it was curling right into the corner and uh, really strong hand to get on that and bend it round the post i thought it was i thought it was goal bound mate i thought that was that was it that's our uh, chance to get our noses ahead um, great strike from um, joshua king it was just unfortunate that there's a world cup winning goalkeeper there to <laughs> stuff it from going in Absolutely. You know, that. What and, would you take, just quickly, obviously at half time, there was a substitution of Emmanuel Dennis came off. Um We haven't really heard <laughs> if it was for tactical or for injuries. I, I did see he did take a couple of challenges to his ankles in the first half, but what was your take on his performance in that first half? Because for, for me, He didn't really look at the races. I don't know if that's because of the the tactics that it was set out where we had to sit deep more um, and it wasn't to his his liking. But normally he works really hard defensively as well. And for me, it looked like there was something bothering him a little bit. And we're obviously going to talk about the whole AFCON situation later on in the pod. But for me, he looked like, he was a frustrated character. He was throwing his arms about a few times as well and it was just, it wasn't the Emmanuel Dennis we've seen in the previous games.
0: Yeah, no, he did cut a frustrated figure, absolutely. Um, when I saw joao Pedro coming on at half-time when the second half was starting, I thought, oh, brilliant, you know, Jaal Pedro coming on, happy days, hopefully for summer. Um, You know, <laughs> and how weird is this, right? I was listening to a couple of the old clips we used to put out. When, when we used to put Audio snippets of something we'd said in a show. I was listening to a couple of the old ones uh, a few days ago, um, just sort of reflecting on the work we'd done over the last sort of year and whatnot. And I stumbled across a clip of you saying we were on about signing of the year or something. And you actually said, Ken Semmer, you said, yeah, he's not a new signing, but he's come back from Udinese. How things can change. I mean, he just doesn't. I know this is sort of off off on a tangent to your question, Ben, but. Just quickly, he just doesn't look out for the Premier League, does he?
1: No, great signing to have back in the Championship, which was his, his level. Yeah. He um, contributed a lot with goals and assists. Um, defensive work was brilliant as well. Like you say, doesn't quite cut it for me in the Premier League. If I if I was Ken Sem, I'd be having one eye looking behind me thinking, oh, I could be the next one out with this revolving door. Um, I could end up at Undonezy because for me, doesn't cut it. I I don't think he's good enough to be a squad player in the Premier League either.
0: No, I agree. I completely agree. Uh, and it is a shame because he was such a fan's yeah. favourite last season. And, you know, it just shows that sometimes the players can't make the step up. And I think the only reason he's playing at the moment is because of the injury
1: crisis and the COVID crisis we got at the moment. So... Um, so that was but, his first start of the season since August as well. So it's shown yeah. that, obviously, Yeah, He did go out injured for a couple of months as well, but it's been a long time since his first start. So you can see that Cisco didn't really fancy him. Claudio Ranieri's like, I don't have many options. Sam, do you want to start? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people taking their boots to Vicarage Road over the next few weeks with the injury problems we've got. Um, But yeah, to to answer your original question, sorry Ben, um, Emmanuel Dennis, he cut a frustrated figure and, uh, yes, I was surprised to see his name and him making way. But, you know, whether the AFCON stuff has sort of played in his head a little bit now, we, we'll touch on it, uh, you know, very quickly now, because I think a lot of it has been said on social media already. Um I was very, very, very frustrated with Sky Sports, Kevin Campbell and one of the writers for the Mirror. I sent a tweet off my personal account to him and I just think it's lazy journalism. So for those that don't know what we're talking about, Emmanuel Dennis will not now go to AFCON. That would have been his last game um, till he returned from AFCON. His last game would have been Tottenham because all the players have gone over now. I saw Adam Messina on a private jet with um, Imran Luzda and Ilias Chair from QPR as well um, after Saturday's game. So they've made their way over. Uh, Truster Kong's going to be making his way over as well um, amongst another couple of players. But um, yeah, um, for those that didn't see Emmanuel Dennis not going and the reports are suggesting that Yes, there's a new coach in and it was quite well documented that Emmanuel Dennis actually fell out with the last coach and he didn't want to play for Nigeria, so he didn't get picked. A new coach has now come in and as far as we believe it, the reports that have come out, um, it would seem that he wasn't going to be in the plans. Like He wasn't going to be a first-choice striker, uh, which really baffles me, to be honest. You know, four men in the Premier League, uh, only second to most seller in terms of goal um, sort of involvement, goals and assists. So really, really strange that he wouldn't be a starter. But, you know, and apparently Ranieri spoke to him and he said, look, um, you know, I want to stay and help Watford, which is brilliant news if it's true. But um, we've got a lot of stick from Nigeria fans and a lot of Nigeria, you know, supporters and Nigerians saying, you know Watford should be relegated. I saw a Arsenal fan who was Nigerian saying that he hoped that Spurs won because of what Watford had done, and I'm just thinking, come on, mate. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out—a shout out actually—to a gentleman on Twitter um, who his handle is at Mr. and he's actually um, he he he's created a Twitter thread basically explaining the whole Dennis stuff. Now, there was an original tweet which said, I'm still confused about the Dennis case. We need a proper investigation. How did a Kong get his invitation and Dennis invitation came late? Is this not a case of Dennis not interested? etc. So um I won't read the full thread out because there's quite a few, but um he was basically saying that he got called up um, to Nigeria squad for friendly games against Ukraine and Brazil. He felt he should have had a more prominent role owing to his form and the fact that it's a friendly game. He had cameos uh, in both games, his body language was off. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the old Nigeria coach's name. He noticed. Um, And then he came into the game against Sierra Leone, which ended 4-4. Nigeria were 4-0 up. And Dennis had actually come fresh from scoring against Real Madrid in the Champions League. He was about to be subbed on because Balogun got injured and he was snubbed. So he then confronted the manager after the game. Uh, So basically saying that... um, the pre-tournament notification wasn't sent because he wasn't officially in the list sub- submitted by the old Nigeria coach. And as I've mentioned, they've got a new coach now. Main invitation arrived on time, Dennis Watford. Um, and Igao uh, if I pronounce that right, had a three-hour conversation. And it was down to Dennis to make a decision. And he picked staying with Watford. Uh, and the, the gentleman that's actually tweeted it is a sports editor of Liberty Radio, uh, and he lives in Nigeria and he seems quite a, a credible source. So at Mr MrMowiz, M-O-W-I-Z, if you want to go and read that thread, it's from two days ago, explains it perfectly. Um, so, yeah, it does seem, it's ever seeming that it is Emmanuel Dennis that wants to stay, uh, albeit the Nigerians think that we're holding him against his will. Um, whilst we're on the topic of conversation, I might as well mention it now. Honestly, mate. I might as well mention it now. Ismail Assar also um, the, the the Senegalese fans are saying we're holding him against his will. Why aren't we letting him go? We've we're actually released a club the statement. Honestly, mate. I, do, I don't know what I don't know. Like We've released a statement. No, we're we're going to get
1: some voodoo shit coming over to us, oh, aren't
0: we? Honestly, I, I'm, I'm scared. But um, <laughs> Yeah, so Watford's aren't letting Saar go over to Afghan. Um, and it's despite... Because
1: he's got one leg.
0: <laughs> pretty much. He, he's he's done it. In, you know, he's done himself in. And we even, in that statement on the Watford website, it said we even invited Senegal to do their own sort of, uh, not investigation of it, but their own tests and everything just to show, look, he can't play football, yet we're the ones that are holding him against his will and not letting him go. It's 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 a joke. People need to be more um you know they need to do their research more you know I, I mentioned that um it was it was darren lewis who was who's the assistant editor of the daily mirror and kevin campbell the old everton arsenal forest etc striker they, the the headline was if you don't want african players to represent their country don't sign them and i i, I tweeted back on my personal account. i said gents you're in a privileged position, getting to speak about football to such a broad audience, something others dream of. You know, we do this podcast, we'd love to speak to, you know, we'd love this to be broadcast to as many people as they get to. Um, And I says, at least have the decency to do your research on the subject and not talk so much drivel, you know. You put a tweet out today, Ben, which I thought was class, by the way, on the podcast account, something like, uh, which... Which journalist is going to have their say today? My money's on Jamie O'Hara because he shuts out his ass as well. So he, uh, I, I, I don't think he said anything as of yet. Give him time; I'm sure he'll come up with some ridiculous nonsense. But it's just frustrating, you know. People don't don't do their research, and you know, fair play to the ones that do, and you know, put it out. You know, I've seen plenty of Nigerian supporting people that have actually, you know not just seeing it from their point of view and actually looked at the bigger picture and they've been like, you know, okay, fair enough. It's just frustrating. So um yeah, you know, going back to your original question, yes, I was surprised that Dennis was subbed off, but surprised in terms of you'd keep him on the pitch because he's the top goal scorer. Um, but not surprised in the sense of the fact that, you know, <laughs> he did cut a frustrated figure. So it's very, very, um you know, hopefully not a sign of things to come. I really hope not anyway. Um But moving on to the second half, uh, and I, I, I'm going to move on very quickly because for those that can't see, I have actually lost Ben, but he has just come back in. So I'm going to add him back in. Um Ben, I haven't moved on. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but I, uh, I managed to style it out just, I think. So, uh, I was just wrapping up saying that I was surprised to see Denny's go off. Well, I'll try. <laughs> um, moving on into the second half, um, you know, King obviously going close and, you know, we had a real good, um, you know, spell of pressure. The next one that I think, was a bit bit frustrating was Gio Pedro, come on. And by the way, Gio Pedro was superb when he came on. He skipped past one player, skipped past another. And then he was just about to shoot and Rob Jones blew the whistle. So if he did shoot and it went in and then he blew his whistle, we'd have been able to VAR, check it, and he had been there like, no, OK, not a problem, you know, carry on. But it's just frustrating, like, he's... You always wanted to try and play the advantage, but then sometimes they're just too eager and they're, they're blowing straight away. That was a brilliant piece of skill from João pedro to get past the two. But that was so frustrating, wasn't it, Ben, that he didn't allow for the full advantage to go on.
1: Yeah, he skipped past Oli Skip um, and twice, I think it was, and then got past uh, uh, Davison Sanchez. And then the, the tug on a shirt, which was very minimal, Um Joe Pedro was being very honest. He could have gone down, but he wanted to stay on his feet. He knew how much momentum he had. Um, He just had another defender in front of him, but he had an opportunity to get his shot away. And the the referee blew up for no apparent reason. Um, He ruined a really good opportunity. Um, Just played the advantage. You've just seen him run all that way. I don't know if he was thinking... uh, he's going to shoot wide or something. But give him the opportunity. If he shoots wide or something, blow up then. I think he just wanted to book the player, didn't he? But you wait for that to go on. And you go back to it after the ball's gone out of play. I don't see what he got out of doing that.
0: No, well, this is it again. You know, too too eager to blow the whistle sometimes. And, um, yeah, it's frustrating. Who knows what could have happened? Because the free kick, you know, when, it, when they were lining up, I just thought, I know where this is going, it's either hitting the wall or going in the stand, and I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it was near, you know, hitting
1: you, Ben, because um, it was it was right behind you, so I don't know how it, close it was. It wasn't too far, mate, it was to the left of me, about six or seven um, seats to the left of me, so it wasn't far away, but I, I was just glad that Joe Pedro, he he wanted to take the free kick afterwards, because you, you saw Messina come up and he was, like, doing his shoelaces, and it was like, Messina, step away from this, you're not having this, but it, I, I was just saying to the guy next to me, it was like, you imagine Messina coming up to him and saying, boys, boys, I've got this. Who's the last one to score free kick? It was really, uh-huh. uh, I'm, He's I'm still living it off Cardiff
0: well. for why, away, isn't he? That's
1: his problem. When, it, when, when he hit it through the goalkeeper and the keeper should have saved it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, and, and I've been quite critical of him in the past few games and I think he did all right against Tottenham, to be fair. Daniel Backman, Brilliant save from Hong Min Son. Um, I, I yeah. thought that was a guaranteed goal, but my word, some save, wasn't it, Ben? And, I, and just a word on Batman's performance because, you know, the last couple of games I thought he's lost his head a little bit. Uh, I think it's quite clear as to the, 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 the debate that once was of Foster or Backman. I'd have Foster back in the starting 11 like that, and I still would, to be honest. Uh, but brilliant save from Batman and a decent performance from him. Other than the goal, which is quite a big
1: deal, um, I'd like to debate that a little bit. Um, okay, Batman okay. was Batman was frustrating for me personally. Yes, he pulled out fantastic saves. That save from um, Song was. Well, class, uh, to react that quickly. That was the only time Spurs got in behind us when they looped the ball over the top of Serial to Serie to lost his man for the first time in that game. And it was a fantastic reaction from Batman. And yeah, to keep us nil-nil at that point was brilliant. Um, but I thought he should have done better for the goal. Um, Sorry, there's my missus in the background. Um, (laughs) If you're watching on YouTube, uh, nice little cameo, Kate. Thank you very much. Um, But yeah, for the goal, he should have done better. He he just stood still. He he seems to stick to that goal line too much for my liking. He doesn't command the box. Um, But we'll talk about that goal in a bit. But also in the first half, I don't know if you remember, the ball went back to Batman. And He played it quickly out to loser when he knew uh-huh. that loser had a guy around him, and it was so similar to what Batman did. Um, was it Batman in golf for a Brighton game? I think it was. And Brighton scored off that with Mo, um Neil Milpay, yeah. And it was like, Have you not learnt your lesson? And I think he played the ball to loser in that first game as well. And he did exactly the same today, no, too cleverly, wasn't it? And yeah, but. And then he, he's, he he cut a frustrating figure as well. Like He wanted to get the counter-attack going a few times and he was throwing his arms up in the air and just jumping in the air like a, like a spoiled brat. And it was just like, he, he seems too big for his boots. He seems like he feels like he's bigger than the club a little bit and he's pushing for a move and he seems unsettled and he just wants out at the moment. And that's what my... My personal feeling was with Dan Batman's performance on Saturday. Um, brilliant saves, but there's other parts of the game that I, I didn't like, and I don't like seeing that in a professional footballer.
0: Yeah, um, I was speaking to uh, our mate Harry Chapman, and he uh, he sort of alerted me to a few tweets saying how. Um it's quite funny that Bachman wants to leave, considering the guy's reluctant to leave his six-yard box and leave his line. So uh, <laughs> that did make me laugh if those tweets are out there somewhere. Uh, that, that did make me laugh. But um, the next frustrating thing, Ben, 81 minutes on the clock. It's still nil-nil at this point. Um, no penalty. Now, I've seen a few tweets saying, I've watched it back, they don't think it was a penalty uh, I'm still split, to be honest. I'm still well and truly on the fence because I don't. I think Larice does get something on it, but like the slightest, if anything. But then again, the rules are rules. If he gets, excuse me, if he gets the ball, then you know, it's not a penalty. But what was your viewpoint? Obviously, you sit right behind the goal. Uh, you know, good seats. I, I used to sit right by you as well. So, um, in real time, that must have looked like a stonewaller, surely.
1: Yeah, real time, everyone in the ground full, it was a penalty. Um, looking back on it, it's so hard to tell if Luis gets there quicker than jail Pedro. It, it's so quick. Even when you slow it down, you can't really tell. And in my opinion, I felt like the ref wasn't 100% sure. And he was thinking, if it was a pen, I'll get told in my ear, but it's a pen and I'll award it. So I feel like he kind of let the game flow on. And he was waiting for them to sort it out instead of him making the decision. Um, I think if he gave a penalty, I don't think VAR would have said, have a look at it again. It's not a penalty. But because he didn't give it, I don't think there was a stronger case for VAR to say it was a clear and obvious because it was so it was so quick. You couldn't really tell. And then sl- slowing back on it and seeing two, three different angles. You- I know people have said you can see Lloris touching it. I, I personally couldn't. Um, it it happened so quickly, but the reaction in the whole ground. I think I think it's the Spurs fans thought it was a penalty as well. It it was how quick Luis came out, how quickly Gel Pedro was running into the box, and then the ball moves away like Luis has touched it a little bit as well because it, it goes off in that direction. Like Luis has got something onto it, but has he got something onto it because of as Gel Pedro kicked the ball into Luis? for it to go off in that way. It's I'm not I'm not sure. it's a difficult one to say. We would have loved it to be a penalty unfortunately it wasn't given. You, um it was Lee
0: Mason on VAR. Um and Lee Mason the, the last memory I have of him was he had an absolute blunder for West Brom. I think he they took a quick free kick in the last minute and scored, but he blew the whistle too soon. And there was, why did he blow the whistle? And yeah, I think it was West Brom Leeds in the Premier League. That was the last memory I have of him. Uh, I don't recall too many games where he's been in the middle this season, actually. Um, but who, I wonder who would have took the penalty, Ben? Do you think Joe Pedro would have stepped up considering he won it?
1: Or Josh? I King? think it would have been Josh, Josh King. He, he scored away at Leicester, I think. Going forward, it's probably going to be our penalty taker now, especially after Saar missing those two against Manchester United. Um, Joshua King's got a good penalty record as well. Did well for Bournemouth for him. He he's, he's scored one um, this season for Watford. So I reckon it would have been Josh King. Even Nigel Pedro, that performance when he came off the bench, he, he's got to be starting in the next league game. Um, but then again, Joe Pedro, does he fall in the same category as Kucho Hernandez, where he's a bit more of an impact sub um, do we see Joe Pedro doing things like this when he starts games? Because um, I know we've all said that when he's came off the bench lately, he's been brilliant and then we're like, he needs to start, but then he doesn't really perform when he starts. Um, so is is he another impact sub?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I hope not. I think he was superb when he came out. I really, really do think so.
1: Um, the and confidence then, um, of him as well, for being so young, like, to take it past those players and he, he keeps the ball so close to him. It's hard yeah. to tackle him, isn't it? And, and when he does get tackled, he wins fouls. I, I I think the one area that he needs to work on still is his finishing. Because um, I think he had an opportunity in the second half where the ball was like bouncing around a six yard box. He quickly got in there in front of a defender, but it was a bit of a, a lame attempt at goal. And I just feel like that's the one area that he, he could, possibly work on still. I know he's young, so he's got time to develop and improve, but for, for me, his fi- finishing has to got get a bit better.
0: Yeah, and, you know, that that will probably come with more game time. Yes, he's had a season in the Championship. He scored nine goals, I think it was in the end. Didn't quite reach double figures, but it's a different ball game in the Premier League and he's, he's not been given the, the start or a full game. I don't think he's played a full game in the Premier this season. Um, and then, Unfortunately, um, a similar incident to the Chelsea game. And I haven't actually heard of any update as to how the fan is. So, uh, hopefully the fan is all okay. You know, if anyone knows of anything, uh, if the fan is okay, then, you know, let us know and prayers and thoughts. And hopefully everything's all good with the fan. But there was another break in play. Um, Fair play to Rob Jones, who I imagine he would have been alerted to it um, or I think I was I think I read something online where it was a Tottenham player alerted the referee this time I'm not sure, um, but there was a break in play due to a medical emergency in the Low and Graham Taylor stand, um, and the game did resume. They, they weren't taken off the pitch like last time. Uh, the, the medics rushed over as as quick as they could uh, again. So brilliant from uh, from both sets of medics, but. Uh, I, I don't know if you've heard anything, Ben, or who who it was that alerted the referee or anything. Did you did you see who it was or
1: um, too far away to see what was actually happening? Just hear noises over on the far left hand corner because I sit in the rookery and it happened quite far up on the Graham Taylor stand towards the Bickrich Road end. Um, it was in what? the lower part, maybe about two or three blocks away from the Bickrich Road end. Uh, but you, all he could hear was the. Bef- fans trying to get reaction off the, the, the officials and the players and them waving their hands as well, instructing something was going on. Um, but thankfully, I ha- I haven't heard anything, but I imagine everything's all good. Well, the game to restart like that shows to me that it wasn't too serious like we experienced against the Chelsea game when the guy had a cardiac arrest and they had to do CPR. Um, I wasn't close enough to see what's happened on this occasion, but with me thinking it, it was only a, between five to ten minutes the game was stopped for. For me, I think it wasn't. I don't think it was as serious as the first one we experienced a few weeks back. But mm-hmm. what we'll say is the response that we have in a stadium, it, it's second to none. It, it's fantastic, and I feel like if you are to have an episode like this, probably the safest place for you is to be in a football stadium when you've got all these professionals around you. Um. And all the equipment that you need as well. Like what's to say if this was happening to you when you was walking to a stadium yeah. or you're walking home or you're walking down the street, you wouldn't have all these facilities and the personnel to help you out. So we're very fortunate to go to an event, a live event with so many people, but still have those quality um equipment, the personnel, the first aiders, being next door to a hospital helps as well. Um, so we're, we're very lucky to have all of this at Watford Football Club.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I echo what Ben has said, and, and just reiterate: hopefully, the fun is all okay, and uh, everything's all good. And it is a little bit worrying all these people collapsing at football stadiums. You know, it, it's, ever since they've been allowed back in, I, I don't want to, you know, don't want to guess as what it to, what it might be or talk about what it might be but hopefully you know it's nothing too serious and um everyone's all okay from it um because of that obviously the 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 game the 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 clock continues And like rugby i think whenever the ball goes out there they completely stop the clock we obviously had it on for injury time etc um because of that there was eight added on minutes um and it was still nil-nil at the time. And I just knew as soon as that board was shown and it said eight minutes, um, I just thought, you know, it's gonna happen, Any, it? And uh, I think was it Kushka that gave the way give give the foul away? Uh, right on the edge yeah. of the box. And yeah. uh, you know, I thought I I thought Kushka was bad against West Ham. Uh, I've had a couple of people say other than um, the, the goal where he headed it back to Backman and Backman give away the penalty uh, they thought he was all right but um, he was all right against Tottenham he was solid enough I think at times he was even playing as a right wing back I know Kafkart was a right back in the back four and Kafkart done a superb job again massive shout out to Kafkart he's not been putting a foot wrong in my eyes anyway he's been solid real professional but Kushka again silly giving away a foul right on the edge Next thing you know, I don't know who took it. The ball goes in and Backman comes out, flaps at it and misses completely. And Davi, was it Davison Sanchez? Um, he yeah. rises, eases his head of a win all season. It goes in. I was hoping to see an offside flag or something like that, but I was scraping the barrel. 96 minutes we managed to keep a clean sheet against Spurs. They win. Uh, they score 1-0 and it wins him the game, it must have been, in the stadium, Ben, an utter blow. Like, it I, it killed me, watching on my laptop. But I can imagine the stadium, just being like, what the hell? Like, it, it was gutting, wasn't it, Ben? 96 minutes, we work so hard defensively, we restrict Tottenham to, you know, long shots and hard chances. And Buckman made a brilliant save from some, which we mentioned. And then we get outdone, done, boys. So it's stupid like that. It just it sums up our season, doesn't it, Ben?
1: Really does. Being so close to getting your first clean sheet of the season. Watford are still the only side in the top four divisions to not have a clean sheet this season. 96 minutes on the clock and the ball ends up in the back of the net. Firstly, Kushka was brilliant for about 60 minutes that game, I thought. Then he was tiring and blowing out his arse. Uh, I thought substitutions were a bit too slight for the weekend. We needed fresh legs to come on. Um, would have brought on Cleverly a lot up sooner as well. Um, but Kushka he, his legs were heavy. Uh, it was a needless challenge to make. Kafkarp was right next to him. Kafkarp was actually was in a better position to make the challenge. He, he didn't need to make it. Not in that area there. You just stand up, stand your ground, and um just don't make a challenge, especially when you know that spurs have good quality on set pieces it was It was song who took the delivery but for me the 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 defense was too deep, far too deep. We was um inside our own six yard box it was about four or five yards off the goal line, and when you're trying to defend four or five yards out from the goal, you know it's going to be very messy. You know it's going to be very tight to the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper can't really come out and command his box. And then that's why Batman was just so static on that line because he had a wall of players in front of him, the yellow shirts, the purple shirts, of Spurs. It was a mess. And then Song just whipped in this ball really quickly and for me, Seriota needs to do a bit better. Uh, he, he, it didn't really look like he really got off the floor to head back all away. went over his head. And there was um, Sanchez to just so easily, he wasn't even a proper head. It was just a little a little nod and in the back of the net. But he won't score an easier goal than that in his career. Um, and then Batman, because the way it was set up, Sanchez was in front of Batman and Batman was anticipating it to come a bit further back. It was just a mess of a goal to concede. And yet again, we shoot ourselves in the foot, worked so hard for 96 minutes, restrict Spurs to like shots outside the box. We only got in behind us once and Batman made a fantastic save from Song. Apart from that, Spurs did nothing. They just crossed the ball into a box and we was getting rid of it um, with ease. And then that happens. (laughs) It's like a story of our season, just like you say. Just to play devil's advocate a bit, Ben, do you not think, though,
0: yes, we held them to 96 minutes? Does that performance give you the slightest bit of hope, knowing what we're about to talk about, by the way, is the transfers, knowing who we've got coming in and rumoured players and et cetera, where we're looking at strengthening? Does that give you a slight bit of hope that there is still a bit of fight in this squad, we can shore things up defensively, et cetera, staying up, you know, um, Ranieri said we are alive, we will. Uh, I, I think we will survive, or something. So, does it does it give you does it give you any hope at all, or do you, what What are your thoughts going into the new year as a Watford fan? Will be will we have to follow back our friends over at the Second Tier Podcast? Who knows?
1: Well, uh we did a podcast a few weeks before Christmas, and we we did where um, our listeners can send questions in to us. And we got a few questions. And one of the questions from one of the followers was, do you think we'll stay up or get relegated? And I I said back then, but I I had faith and I feel like we'll stay up. I feel like if you bring in the right recruits in January and give Ranieri what he needs, I think he's the man to keep us in the Premier League. After seeing the performance at Brentford, where we went 1-0 up and conceded late on, we we lost to West Ham 4-1. Um, we've um, lost late on against Spurs 1-0. I still believe we can stay in this division. I, I know we've just talked about three defeats there, but I have seen things in games where I think, OK, we're building something. Um, Serialta coming back against West Ham for 90 minutes, getting another performance under his belt against Spurs. Truce Econ looking better next to Serialta. Us keeping Spurs... Um, to shots outside the box and keeping a clean sheet for 96 minutes. I I know we weren't as attacking in that game, but Ranieri had a game plan and that game plan was almost perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, We almost got that clean sheet. Um, So I I do think we'll stay up still. Um, It's still early in the season. I know we're halfway through now, but there's a lot of games to play. There's a lot of points up for grabs. and it looks like we're doing our transfer business very early, which is ideal for Watford, because obviously we've got an FA Cup game this weekend. If you bring them in early, they'll be eligible to play. Get them all in for that. Give them a taste of English football, because these players we're looking at are all from overseas as well. So give them a taste of English football away at Leicester. And then the game after that is a big one. It's Newcastle away. Um, so, and then Norwich at home. At least, and then Norwich at home as well. But at least get them in early, get them to play with the players and work on stuff in the training ground. Hopefully there's no more COVID outbreaks so we can actually work on stuff in the training ground. But yeah, I, I'm hopeful, mate. I, I know it's it's easy to be like, oh, we weren't great attacking-wise. It was boring. or oh, we didn't win again. It's like... But I see little bits of hope. Thing is, we, we know we've got the attacking quality
0: in the squad. Yeah. Josh King, five goals already. Emmanuel Dennis, eight goals now, I think it is. Saar's yeah. got five goals. Yeah, he's injured. He'll be back in February. But Cuch- uh, Cucho, although I don't think he's good enough to start, um, he's a live wire. He he can make things happen when he wants to. Semer, yeah, um, less said about him, probably the better. But, we've got players in that squad that can score goals. And, yeah. You know, I've no doubt that if Sal Pedro was to get a run of games and start and play 90 minutes, he would soon start finding and packing the net more regularly as well. So we've got the attacking product quality it's just at the back we need to shore up a little bit and that's that's the difference and you know we'll we'll talk about it now you know transfer windows open there's going to be rumours flooding through we heard a rumour about Steve Cook from Bournemouth I was like Jesus Christ hopefully not (laughs) um I, I spoke to Ben today he looks like Steve Cook's actually joining Forest. um Makes no sense to me whatsoever. Bournemouth selling to a championship rival. Uh, someone they could possibly even play in the playoffs the way that Forrester are going on at the moment. So, A, why would they sell him? Because he's a regular starter. And B, um, why would you sell him to a championship rival? Uh, and then I soon realised that C was, I don't actually give a fuck because he's not coming to us. So, um, but someone that is going to be coming to us, by the sounds of it, is two players... Um, well, three, because I've the notes here that are provided by Ben, one of them has come through today. Um, so we've got someone coming from Nice, a left-back, Hassane Kamara, and then KAS um, UPN defensive midfielder Edo KMB. Uh, which is interesting that we're bringing in a defensive midfielder. I can only assume that because losers go into the African Cup of Nations, we need someone there, and obviously Etabo's out injured for the season. Um, so, it's understood that Kamara, who um, is at Nice at the moment, his contract runs until 2024. He's in the UK to finalise the finalize transfer, sorry. He's 27 years old, and he's expected to join for a fee uh, in the region of £4 million. Uh, he was highly regarded in Liga and Last season, playing 36 times for Nice, scoring two goals and assisting another. Uh, a little bit about Edo, KMB and like I say, these are courtesy of Ben. So thank you, Ben, for the notes. 23 years old, defensive midfielder. He's also played at left back uh, and he arrives at the perfect time with loser going to Afghan AFCON, as I say. Um, KMB is six foot tall and represents the Minitiv Republic Congo, a nation that did not qualify for AFCON, so I've seen a few people saying, but hang on a minute, he's African why are we signing him? Because we're meant to be signing players that don't go to Africa, but they they didn't qualify because they're not very good. They're my favourite
1: African nation now
0: yeah, I shouldn't really say they're not very good. If any of the Doctor Congo citizens are listening, I apologise. Please don't put a voodoo on me or my family. Um, I think Doctor Congo was the one that uh, I don't. It's not pronounced Doctor Congo, but I just call it Doctor Congo because it's easier. I think Yannick Bellassi was Dominican Republic Congo. I think I could yeah. be wrong. Um, he joined UPEN last season. Again, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. After signing from Anderlecht for a fee in the region of 800 grand. We're expected to sign him in uh, the region of 4 million, with his current contract due to expire next year in 2023. And it's thought that KMB, who was considered as a midfield option in the summer alongside Musa Sissoko, uh, so it looks like we were going to look at signing him anyway to uh, apply the finishing touches to the move. Uh, so, Ben, you're happy with a defensive midfielder coming in? Obviously, Lou are going out to the African Cup of Nations, perhaps not started as many games as we would have liked as fans and probably Imran Loser would have liked himself. But happy with that. And obviously, uh, Hassane Kamara as well, another left back coming in to provide competition for Danny Rose and Messina. Happy with those two so far from from what we've heard.
1: Yeah, well, I don't study these leagues. so It's hard to like, judge them and see how they are. Um, but yeah, we, we knew we had to address that left-back area. Um, Danny Rose hasn't been fit enough all season. Um, he's performed well against Norwich this season, but he's got to be performing better against the other sides in the Premier League. Um, Adam Messina is an accident waiting to happen. Um, I'm quite relieved that he's gone to Morocco and the African Cup of Nations. Um, So, yeah, we had to address that left-back area. Uh, From what I've seen, Kamara looks quite good, but it's hard to tell from YouTube um, videos when they put all the best bits together. Um, I found one and shared it on our uh, Twitter page earlier, and it was a performance of his against Marseille about a year and a half ago. And from the three-minute video, he was highlighted quite a lot in that, and he had a really good performance uh, he, he looks really quick as well. Um, from what I can see and what I've seen people on Twitter say is he's probably more like a Kiko Femini as in like he's very quick at getting forward than Adam Messina. Where Adam Messina a lot slower and he would, he would just hit the ball long all the time. He looks like he can travel with the ball at pace and get back quick enough to recover. Um, he looks like he's good in the tackle as well, so I'm I'm excited by him. I think that's a big transfer done there. Um, and with Combende, is it? Um, yes, yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> um, the guy over in Belgium, don't know much about him, but look at the last guy we signed from the Belgium um, side. Um, Emmanuel Dennis hasn't turned out too bad, has he? Sir? And like you say, Etta out injured, losers, gone to the African Cup of Nations. Looking at our midfield, we don't want Sissoko sitting deep because he's better further up the pitch. Ideally, we wouldn't want Kushka in the middle either. Cleverly's better pushed further forwards. We need to have someone who's a bit more defensive-minded. So that's a tick for me as well. I'm surprised that we're signing him for £4 As if they signed him for 800000 12 months ago and now he's got a year left on his contract. For me, it looks quite steep. It must have had a blinder of a season, though. Yeah, it must have had a blinder of a season. But I've had a look at the league or something. They're quite mid-table as well. So it's not like they're a side fighting for European football. But like you say, he must have had a really good season and impress. Or they've just seen an English club come in with Premier League money and they're like, four million, please.
0: (laughs) Exactly, yeah. You mentioned Adam Messina there, you know. How he's quite rash. Uh, we had a tweet earlier, just replying to some of those clips. If you've not seen the clips, head over to uh, your, uh, Twitter, which is at Voices of the Vic. If you're watching the YouTube, it's quite you can busy the last couple of days, yeah, hasn't it? It certainly has. Um, One of the replies was um, about Messina and Steve Maguire summed up Messina perfectly. I've just got to read it out. Messina does crazy things and has a blinder against Man United then another howler against West Ham. uh, And I think that sums it up perfectly. And uh, Kieran Riggs says, Kamara means we don't have to watch Messina's chip balls down the line. Uh, Vida and Samir seem good enough for now to drag everyone else through the game without any howlers. Um, So, yeah, I mentioned there about um, about Samir. Uh, he's another gentleman coming through. Just to mention as well, uh, Upan, that the um, the defensive mid is signing from. As you mentioned there, they are twelfth in uh, the Jupiler Pro League, which is the top division for uh, for Belgium. Uh, also, interesting story about the Belgian league. A little bit of a pub quiz knowledge. Oh, yeah. Royal Union SG, who were top of the league by seven points, uh, only got promoted last season. And they're already top brilliant. of the uh, the league. So, that is a brilliant story. Club Bruce seconds. They'll be kicking themselves at their sold Dennis to us. But, yeah, it's um, always good to see a, a promoted side do well. But I didn't expect them to be top of the league. Um, but, yeah, um, we... Negotiations are, negotiations are also underway on two further deals with centre-backs also being targeted. Uh, so firstly, the Athletic revealed that Besiktas Croatian international central defender uh, Damajov, uh Vida is a target and it's understood understand that we're closing in on the signing. He's 32 years old, he's out of contract in the summer uh, and he's available for his cl- uh, and his club would be open to a deal which may simply involve absorbing the salary for the remaining six months of his contract. Now, uh, I don't know much about this bloke, but I know he's a Croatian international, as as I've just mentioned, and Croatia... um... You know, getting to the final of the World Cup last, unfortunately, beating England. Uh, I don't, I can't remember if he played, but from clips I've seen, and yes, Ben as you've summed up, it is very, very hard to just judge a player on YouTube clips. Don't forget, Alexander Merkel was brilliant on YouTube, and Bonnie <laughs> Yang was brilliant on FIFA, uh, and Bonnie Yang actually, because I was in lockdown, I was on Football Manager two thousand and seventeen because I like the older FMs, and I was Watford. And we had M'Barnie Yang that season. That was Matzari's season. And uh, he was blinding for me on Football Manager, uh, as was Isaac's success. So, probably tells you all you need to know about the game. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, it, you obviously can't judge him, but he looks a right rough bastard, you know. Seen pictures of him with a bandage around his head, blood all over his face, getting proper stuck in, that brilliant goal that you found, Ben, and you've put it on our Twitter and everything. So, you know, a real tough, tough centre-back. Um, which is what we need. You know, Truster Kong's gone over to Cameroon now for Afghan. Uh, we've obviously got CRL too who's quite imposing figure-wise and, you know, maybe if this Vida can come in and, you know, he's also a big tough guy, you know. He can maybe rough up a few strikers in the Premier League. He certainly seems a, 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 a good good option. Is he someone that yeah. you look at and,
1: again, you think, OK, he, he could do a job for us? I've seen a lot of him, actually. Um, England oh, right, have played yeah. Croatia many a times over the last yeah, five, yeah. six years. So uh, I've only really seen him playing for Croatia against England. And then obviously we've seen Croatia perform really well in the Euros and the World Cups within the last four years. and um, Getting to the, the final as well. Um, he, like you said, is a bit of a hard bastard. Um, for me, he's got a bit of prodo about him where he's, yeah. he's, 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 he's a leader at the back. He's a vocal guy. Um, his legs might be past it. If we were signing him about three, four seasons ago, I'd be buzzing. I I'd think, what a signing. This is what we need. But for me looking at it, I'm going, he's 32 years of age. Is his legs behind him? Is his best days behind him? Is we going to be looking to replace him at the end of the season? For me looking at it, it looks like it's a bit of a, a stopgap Signing, but I think he 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 could be a good short-term signing. It's definitely not long-term though for me.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And uh, at the moment, um, he's played sixteen games for Besiktas. They are nineteen games into the season, uh, so you know he's he's pretty much Where'd been you? a mainstay. Uh, a regular uh, of, of the season, and you know he's played for Besiktas since seventeen eighteen 18 season. Uh, he was at Dynamo Kiev, Dynamo Zagreb, and uh, Leverkusen as well. So you know he, he's quite well decorated in terms of his his you know footballing career. Uh, and he made his debut by the looks of it in 2011 for Croatia, and he's he's featured quite regularly. Um, you know, 12 appearances in World Cup qualifications um, and played in Euros, Nations League, World Cups, played in a lot for, um, for his national team. He's played in Champions League, Europa League, um, you know, played quite a few games as well. So he's quite well decorated. It can't be bad having someone that, with that experience come in. Um and another defender which we've been linked with, and this one's only really come up today, it seems as if we're signing someone from Udinese. Uh shock horror, I know, I can hear people saying it already when they're listening to this or watching this. Samir, is Brazilian centre-back. And again, being quite a regular player for Udinese so far this season, um, he's played... 18 games already for Udinese. Uh, he played in the last game, uh, which they won. They've, in fact, they've won the last four, uh, they've, they've won the last two games, four 0 yeah,
1: against Cremona no.
0: and uh, Cagliari. So they're doing very well. Uh, and Udinese, uh, sorry, suits is Safani scoring boots as well. Uh, he's been at Udinese since 1617 season. Signed. So, uh, he was on loan at Verona as well. He signed from Flamengo, which is a Brazilian club. Uh, he's 27 years old and. Um, He has played in the Copa Libertadores, um, which is an international cup as well. Um, I think it's the South American version of the Champions League, if I remember correctly. So uh, he hasn't actually been capped for Brazil. Uh, as far as my knowledge is aware, but what makes his deal interesting is it seems as if that's pretty much a done deal. Like we we're not confirming it. We don't know anything. We we it'd be great if we did have a link to the club, but we don't know anything. So this isn't us confirming it. But before, literally, just as we started recording, just as Ben joins me for the the, the pre-podcast brief. Um, There was a tweet which has actually suggested that Cabaselli looks to be heading the other way. So Samir will be coming to Watford, Cabaselli will be going to Udinese. Uh, Ben, just your thoughts on Samir coming in. Uh, Again, a brilliant montage you've found of his on um, our Twitter, so go and check that out. And also Cabaselli looks like his time Watford could be coming to an end, which me personally, I, I feel I don't know how I feel about that. I do like Cabaselli, but as you say, he's always got a bit of a rash side to him and always perhaps got a bit of a mistake in him as well.
1: Yeah. Um to Samir, I think we don't know much about him unless you watch Syria um football. Um when the news broke, I messaged Lou Orns quickly to see his take on him because he, he watches a lot of Italian football being half Italian himself. Um, mm. he says that he he's, he's a very good center half playing in the three. Um, he's not sure about it if he's playing in the two at the back, so maybe Watford are looking to bring him in and we're looking to change our formation to suit three at the back. He says also that he's a left footed center half as well, so we're looking to address that balance in the back line as well. Um, we have, I don't from the top of my head, I don't think we've had a left-footed set and a half since Britos. And that's been ages. Um, Since then, we've just been playing the two right-footed in the back back line. And for me, I would like a bit of balance there um, because you're always cutting back on that right-hand side as well. um, Unless you're really good with your left foot. Um, He he, he looks good um, in this video we've put out, but I'm I'm not one to judge it. It's good to see that we're looking to address for centre backs. That's the main issue. Um and I've seen a picture of him on Instagram and Twitter with a captain's armband on him as well for Indonesia. So that to me suggests that he's a bit of a leader as well and hopefully is a vocal guy because you need that at the back. Um I've heard that he's supposed to be better than truce. <laughs> um we've we've heard this before. When truce joined they're like, oh he's better than what you've got. Um but who knows until they play in the Premier League. It's is difficult, isn't it? Um, it's Absolutely. a different league. Um, it's never played in English football before. Hopefully, he takes to it like duck to but the jury's out. and We'll see. It's just refreshing to know the hierarchy knows where the issues are in the Watford squad. And we're looking to address it and we're getting it done quickly. Um, so I'm pleased with that. I imagine with Indonesia, it would be a free transfer as well because of those money. It's just all, Yeah. everyone's money's their own, isn't it? Really? Um, Watford's money is Indonesia's money. Indonesia's Watford's money. Um, but with Cabaselli going the other way, which it looks likely. I'm the same as you. I'm not too sure how I feel about it. He's a great character. Um, really likable guy. A funny guy. The local man is pleased. Um, we were always remembering for that t-shirt. Um, yeah. He wore as well against um in the in the promotions, wasn't it? But he, he, the local man was pleased about Jefferson Lama of um, Bournemouth. Really rattled him, didn't he? And the Bournemouth fan, um fans. But like you say, is is he's a bit rash is is a bit like Truce Econ where it's concentration levels for me with Cavaselli. He could perform brilliant for eighty nine minutes, but it takes that one second of madness where he He would either get sent off, um, concede a free kick in the the city area or concede the goal, which was avoidable. Um, But lovely bloke. Uh, Wish him all the best. It's not really worked out for him at Watford. I think we brought him in thinking he could could be the answer to our defensive woes. He could be the one coming in to strengthen that defence. I don't think he's been the one that's pushed us on to the next level defensively. I think we've just stayed at that level and we need to look to rise the bar now. Um, We need to stay in this division and looking at our squad as well, I think we've got too many foreign players in the squad at the moment. So we'll be looking to offload a few and I think Cavaselli will have to go if we're looking to bring in these centre-halves. I'd be worried for Ken Semmer as well. I think he could be another foreign player who would be looking to leave. Could see him going back to Indonesia as well, so watch his space.
0: Yeah, uh, Cabaselli joins in sixteen seventeen season. He's made one hundred and fifteen league appearances for Watford, scoring five goals in the process and assisting two. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's not quite worked out in recent years. You know the well, yeah, in recent years it's not quite worked out for him, unfortunately. Uh, you mentioned there about Udinese, um, probably going to be a free transfer because it's the same Pazzo money. Uh, for those on YouTube, you get the benefit of me showing quite a funny meme that I saw posted to the story. Um, this is meant to be Gino Pazzo conducting the transfer obviously a gentleman for those that are listening to the podcast it's a bloke on the phone to himself because it's alluding to the fact that Gino Pozzo will be doing the negotiating probably and Gianpaolo Pozzo and it's the same people so I, I thought that was too funny not to share um That probably puts an end to the rumours about Courtney Horse as well, uh, or Courtney House. I I don't know how to pronounce it, from Aston Villa. He was also linked. I would have been very happy with that. Uh, I did reach out to a couple of Villa-supported mates just to see what the crack was, what they thought of him. Um, uh, One of them said championship level. Another says he works hard, but he's just not a good footballer. Um, Horse is okay. There is a reason he's a backup. So, you know, perhaps maybe we've dodged a little bit of a bullet there but I'd have been more than happy to have him I, I think he's, since he joined from Wolverhampton Wanderers um,
1: I, I thought, at least I thought he was doing alright but they watch him week in week out. and I don't um, think it's one to rule off completely, I think at the moment obviously it's um, one to rule out but he's out of contract at the end of the season with an option uh, for a further year Um, He's back up at Villa at the moment. His left-footed centre-half that we would be looking to get. I've just said about uh, Vida, he could be a bit of a stopgap for this season. So maybe long-term, we're looking for him. There's interest for Watford for for him, obviously. Otherwise, that article wouldn't have came out. So Watford have expressed their interest in him. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking to him and be like, would you fancy joining us at the end of the season? because I think bringing in a, an English defender as well will help. I think the English quota as well. Uh, I think it would be a better English quota than the Ashley Fletcher, who sits on the bench and takes a lot of money um, and doesn't really get appearances. I think Hawes, um will feature if he does get a move to Watford. I think we could. He'll be playing regularly at Watford as well. So I'm not. I'm not putting a bin lid on the rumors completely. I think. There's something there, and I I can see that maybe coming off in the summer if he does continue to not get the game time he's getting at Villa. Yeah,
0: yeah, and like like I says, you know, I'd open it with welcome arms, and we can only be uh, we can only be you know hopeful that he's not as bad as some of the uh, some of the messages I've received already. But who knows? Uh, just to finish off on that Samir link that we were talking about. Um, we, we have seen that he's supposedly signed a contract until 2025, so a three-year deal. And we're just waiting, basically, for these transfers to be announced. And, um, I mean, that, that pretty much sums up the podcast. You know, we've, we've tried to squeeze in as much as we can. Talk about West Ham, not too much. Talk about the Tottenham game. Talk about the transfers. Talk about the AFCON fallout and the African nations that hate Bobford now. <laughs> just to add to the list of Wolverhampton Wanderers, Crystal Palace, Walter, um luton uh mexico as well don't forget when we rattled the entire of mexico uh watford might be a small club in terms of the you know the history etc but my word we know how to rattle you know quite big places so um yeah we've talked about that and um we we just hope now that the, those are officially confirmed and wrapped up and Uh, I think Ben, you've summed it up perfectly. Uh, It's brilliant to see us doing the business so early. And it it sounds as if Duxbury and co are going to be back in Ranieri in the January transfer window, which is what we need because of players that we're going to be losing to the Afghan and injured players. And, you know, there'll be players coming back from injury as well. So... Fingers crossed we can, you know, put some sort of team together. Um, Next game is Leicester in the FA Cup on Saturday, the 8th of January. I won't be able to watch it. Uh, my Saturday league team is back after the Christmas break. So I'll be there uh, managing them hopefully to another three points as we aim for promotion this season. Uh, If you want to keep track of how we get on, we are on Twitter at Alton Ravens sat sat as in short for Saturday. So uh, drop us a follow on Instagram as well. And all the, uh, all the information's on there uh, as I hopefully guide them to promotion and hopefully what can stay up in the same season as well. Um, we hopefully won't be, you know, as long as we were from the last podcast to the next one. You know, hopefully COVID doesn't interfere in any more of our games and we'll be back on the uh, the Sunday to talk about uh, an FA Cup tie. It'd be nice to talk about what for getting through to the fourth round, but our record at Leicester isn't very good and we're obviously against the holders of the FA Cup. So that always makes it nice and easy. Um, but yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast uh, and Yeah, hopefully everyone's doing well and uh, back into the routine of things. As many people will be back at work tomorrow, myself included. Didn't feel like I really had a break because of having COVID, but hey-ho. But yeah, hopefully everyone stays safe. And uh, until next time, we will speak to you next Sunday. You'll hear from us maybe Sunday or Monday. But till then, stay safe and come on, you horns.